What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? It's the News Podcast. My name is Salman Ali, at Red Niche Hoops on Twitter. You're joined by Forrest Walker, at Do Nots on Twitter. How you doing, man? Ooh, uh, doing okay for now. I think it might be getting sick, but that's okay. That's my problem, not yours. <laughs> I love podcasting with you, man, because you just, like, roll with the punches, and you're, like, super flexible. <laughs> like, like, for the listeners, like, you guys have no idea how difficult it is to book podcasts in general. Like, to get a consistent co-host, like, it's damn near impossible for your, your schedules to align and Forrest like I can just message him anytime during the day like can we podcast tonight and 99% of the time he'll just say yeah like I'm good like I'm free and he'll just like clear whatever he's doing up for me and then today like I gave him a time and I was late to the time and uh, he, he was more than willing to cooperate with me so you know I appreciate that I do appreciate you being so flexible with me well hey it's easy I spent a lot of time at home so um so what i have for today's podcast is you know there's not really much going on the rockets offseason i mean it's pretty much over at this point not doesn't i don't suspect there'll be anything until the trade deadline your buyout market as far as actual transactions i think we're pretty much the roster we have right now i think is going to be the complete roster so we can go ahead and get into the more fun stuff and grade everything um and you know we have some we have some objectives to go through uh for today's podcast but yeah we're gonna start with grading the Rockets off season so I, the way I thought about this is I I just say we we be up front we give our grade and then we explain why we gave our grade and I might have a controversial grade so I'm gonna let you go first and uh, give the Rockets a grade and just tell us why you gave them that grade who uh you're not gonna like this I'm giving them a C. Now, it's funny because I don't necessarily think that it's their fault that it's been kind of a disappointing offseason. Not not terrible, but just kind of disappointing. Uh, but it is nonetheless. Uh, for what it's worth, I think Trevor Ariza, for all his warts, was still helpful in the defense especially. Uh, he, was a, he was a steadying presence, and he will be missed. Uh, Lucas Chardon-Bamute was excellent when he was actually on the floor uh i honestly think that if he hadn't dislocated his shoulder that second time we would be having a very different discussion about the rockets this summer but uh his loss also stings and i don't know that the players they have brought in are going to be sufficient uh 
to get them ahead of where they were last season. And that's really the, the, the bar for them. They needed to be ahead of where they were last season. And I know it's a very high bar, but that's the bar you earn for yourself when you're as good as they are. So I actually, I don't really think that they made a mistake necessarily by letting uh, Ariza go. And I actually suspect that we might find that Luke is not good this season. His shoulder might have really messed him up. But be that as it may, I just don't see it as an improvement. I think they fell behind expectations. Uh, now, potentially, if they make some kind of a uh, trade soon, then it's a different story. But assuming that this offseason is complete, it seems like a C to me. Uh, acceptable, but not good. Okay. All right. That's, that's not... That's totally understandable. So... I'm going to give my grade, but before I give my grade, I want to explain a couple things going into this. So, last year I gave the Rockets pretty much an A+++, whatever. Like, it was, I thought, in the moment, I thought it was a fantastic offseason. I loved every move they made. I, I loved the Chris Paul trade. I loved getting P.J. Tucker and Luke Mbamute for the minimum. Um, I loved everything they did last offseason. So, I gave them an A+. And I this offseason, I'm going to grade them um, a little tougher, but I I think a lot of a lot of you are going to be shocked with the grade I give them. And before I get I give you that grade, I'm going to explain one thing. I'm giving them a a grade for their entire off season, not just not just one or two moves or just um, you know moves on the margins or everything that happened since they got eliminated in the playoffs. Their entire off season is what I'm grading them off of. So I gave them a B. I didn't give him a B plus. I didn't give him a B, a B minus. I didn't give him a C plus. And those were the grades I was debating between. I was I was thinking about I was seriously considering giving them a C plus. I was seriously considering them giving them a B minus. And I I briefly thought about giving them a B plus, but I'm gonna settle on a B, and I'll explain it. So off season starts, and obviously the kickoff to the off season is the NBA draft. And I thought they knocked that out of the park by getting DeAnthony Melton in the second round. You know, I thought that was. One of the steals of the draft, getting him at 46, a first-round talent. So they get points for that, in my opinion. You know, my second, the second reason I liked their offseason, but I didn't love it. Um, they gave Chris Paul a four-year deal and not a five-year deal, avoiding the fi- the fifth year. You know, like I, pref- I would, you would have preferred giving Chris Paul a two to three-year deal in the Rockets. I'm sure they probably wanted to do that, but. You get points for not giving him that fifth year because that fifth year could have been ugly. A four year deal still may, might not be pretty for Chris Paul, but a but a five year deal would have been brutal. And you get points for not giving him that. Also, getting Gerald Green back for the minimum, I get slight bonus points for that. And possibly the biggest reason I really liked their off season, uh, Clint Capella for the deal that he signed. $80 million in guaranteed money for five years is a great deal for for Clint Capella. And the Rockets really utilize their leverage properly. Um, they didn't panic and give them a, a five-year max on July 1st or whatever. They were patient with him, and they um, and they got a good deal. I, I, I feel like both sides got a better deal than what is being talked about. Like I don't think Clint Capella got robbed. I think it's really, really difficult to turn on Eighty million dollars in guaranteed cash, so I think, I think Clint Capella came out pretty well here, considering the amount of leverage he lost in the draft with the Suns drafting De- um, Aiton and with 
the Mavericks signing DeAndre Jordan and all these teams just picking up centers left and right and the market was dried up for cash. Like, I thought what Clint Capella ended up with was fine. Like, I thought it was, you know, you considering the amount of leverage you lost in the beginning stages of free agency, I, th- I thought they came, they came out pretty well here. Both camps came out really well. So they got major points for that. And for the rest of their offseason, the reason I didn't give them anything higher than a B is, you know, I didn't like, I didn't like Car- the Carmelo Anthony signing. I didn't like the Michael Carter Williams signing. I, I didn't, you know, like James Ennis was a, was a signing I liked, but it's there's a gamble there too. This is he's probably going to play more minutes now than he'll ever play at any point in his career, and we don't know if he's up to it. It's it's going to be a bigger role for him, and so it's a, all of their signings seem to be gambles in some way, you know, shape or form. And other than the the people they brought back, no, none of their signings felt safe, and that's why I didn't give them an A or a B plus or, you know, anything higher than what I gave him. And losing Luke Mbamute and Trevor Ariza combined, it's obviously a brutal hit, but I thought giving Trevor Ariza $15 million annually is a mistake. Luke Mbamute, on the other hand, I I think they really should have tried to bring him back, but they they did hang on to their taxpayer mid-level exception, or at least most of it. You know, they gave bits and pieces to... Isaiah Hardenstein, and they're about to give a piece of it to, you know, DeAnthony Melton. So they they're gonna they're gonna end up coming out with their tax pyramid level exception. So you know you get points for not giving Carmelo Anthony that. <laughs> you, you don't you don't you don't you get points for that. So that's why I'm giving them the yeah. But they still lose points for bringing him on in the first place. <laughs> sure, sure. That's that's why I didn't get yeah. the day. Uh, yeah, I mean, the big question with Trevor Ariza is w- how it's going to affect their chemistry, in my opinion. Because, and moreover, their their communication on defense, stuff like that. His team defense is extremely good. He's a really like stabilizing presence. He is. He became kind of a glue guy. He ended up being kind of that that uh, uh you know that that classic Shane Battier type type dude who you want on your team, even though all of his success is not necessarily on the stat sheet and we don't really know that's that's very hard to quantify i mean it could be that all that really matters is harden and chris paul and uh and clint capella and that everyone else just kind of buys in it might not be a big deal there's a i think there's a very good chance that they come into the season and they might win even more games this year because uh, you know increased chemistry between those between those three players especially with chris paul uh, or it could be that they lose a lot more games because things aren't e- as easy and as exciting for them, and they end up dropping a bunch of games they shouldn't drop, and uh, and Carmelo doesn't work out. I think there's a very, like you said, none of these signings are safe, and that's kind of what it comes down to. There's nothing in there that I say, yeah, that was that was great. Like I think Ennis is like the closest to that because he's he's. He seems like a pretty good replacement for Luke uh, if things go well. And if things don't go well, it's not a big deal. He's signed to a minimum contract. Uh, but even the Mello signing, he's, where he signed for a minimum, even that has a, has a high upside and a high downside. I'm just – I don't know what to expect. Uh, I don't – like I said, I don't think they did anything wrong. Like I, For example, once again, I really think that it might be that they devaluated Lucas Chardin-Bamute's shoulder and said it's not worth this. Uh, in which case, it's still a problem. They still lost that production. Sure. And my take is they got the important things right, right? Like they 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 brought back Chris Paul. They brought back 
uh, Clint Capella, and you know they obviously didn't bring back a wing, and that was a I thought a priority for them. So they do get docked for that. But I mean, for what they did, I mean, I they I mean towards the end of their season, like if they didn't, if they signed Melo for the taxpayer MLE, or if they if they traded their first round draft pick, or if they didn't, or if Clint Capella signed a you know his qualifying offer, like they they probably would have got a D for me, but because Melo signed for the minimum, and because they kept, they still have their 2019 first, and because you know Clint Capella signed for a long term offer sheet that was ended up being a really really good deal, like they get points for that. Like they got a lot of clutch points because towards the end of their off season, it got a lot better. There are avenues to improve that they've left on the table mid season. Like they have their 2019 first, and they have their taxpayer MLE, and. Obviously, they don't have to worry about Clint Capella being an unrestricted free agent next summer anymore, and that's why I ultimately ended up giving them the B because they did they didn't screw up potential avenues to improve. Yeah, and I thought I thought that was a real possibility <laughs> when they were interested in in Carmel Anthony. Uh, I think a place where we disagree, also, which we've noticed before, is that I think it is more prudent in this situation to uh, make whatever move they're going to move now bring in whoever they're going to bring in if it's going to be a trade now instead of waiting till later. And I think you, you are more wary of like the higher price that may entail. Uh, so yeah. so I kind of held that against them a little bit. You know, I think they really do need to just make a move. They need to bring in who they're going to bring in if they're going to bring in you know James Johnson or whatever. Just go ahead and do it. Just get them ready to the system. Like they're so, they're so close that they need to try to do they need to mortgage the future for the present a little bit in my opinion but i think that we differ on that how about how about the money situation do, do you feel like they get points for being responsible with their money this offseason or do you do you feel the other way do you feel like they were being too prudent uh to be determined i mean that 50 million is too much for trevor reza if it was literally just like if he was like i'm going to go take 15 million that's it then yeah, of course they shouldn't have given him that. That is too much, and it's a bad situation to be in because you'd like to bring back Trevor Ariza, but you can't justify spending more than like ten a year on him. You just can't. It's uh, it's it's not reasonable. Uh, and then once again, like if Luke just wanted more than they could o- they could offer him, then there's nothing I can do. So uh, they've made a lot of nice those ones. I don't know how you judge the money on a lot of other stuff like the Clint Capella move, the that signing there. I like that signing a, a lot for the team. I like it less for Clint, but I like it enough. It's as you said, it's not so it's not so bad of a deal that he's going to have hard feelings, I think. It's it's fine. Uh it's very team friendly and you can and it's not but it's not too team friendly that it's gotta alienate him. Uh the Chris Paul deal is as good as you could have gotten. And they made a lot of other little deals around the edges to to try to clip some of this this ta- the salary tax off and prepare themselves for the long haul. So those ones where they're not really sacrificing anything, like the like the uh, the Nanu deal stuff like that, those are good. So I think that they're 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 prudent, but not overly so. But we'll see more as the season goes on how much we can judge them. Do you feel like they've improved the bottom end of their bench? Like they may not have improved the top end, but I think there is a case to be made that. Perhaps their ten, their ten to fifteen rotation, they've improved. Like they got rid of Joe Johnson, they got rid of Chinai Nuaku, they got rid of a lot of. I mean, I, I don't like to say this word, but they got really, they got rid of a lot of dead weight. Like you know, and I feel like getting guys like you know Mello, even though I don't like Mello, 
uh, getting guys like MCW, even though I'm not a fan of MCW, like those guys are definitely better than Chandanano and Oaku. Yeah, and, for sure. And <laughs> yeah, and like I just feel like you know you get you get points for that. And I think the the real reason I'm I'm not give, I'm not docking them too much is because they've left avenues to improve, and I think that they will use those avenues to improve. Yeah, uh, which kind of makes it a little bit of an incomplete, I guess. But that's fine. Everything's always incomplete. Uh, man, can we sure. can we know how weird it was that last season when they signed Joe Johnson, people were actually like excited at the prospect of Joe Johnson? Oh, I was excited. Yeah, <laughs> like I was so I was so wrong on that. Like, <laughs> like I, I you, you know what you know what it is. Like I think I wasn't ready to believe that he was washed. He was 37 years old, and as a person who's 37 years old, let me tell you, you washed. Yeah, sure. And, and there was that lasting image from that from the Jazz in the playoffs the prior year of Joe Johnson being a real fixture in the in their rotation. So there was that too. I think that convoluted a lot of what we thought of Joe Johnson, and a, a lot of Utah Jazz people were telling us, "Yeah, hey, he's he's washed." Yeah, like, he was he gone. was just abysmal during this season for them, just yeah. absolutely unplayable. And that's kind of what it was, so, which is unfortunate because Joe Johnson's great, uh, but it, yeah, his. And it wasn't just the Joe Johnson signing that everybody got excited of. Like, it was the Brandon Wright signing. Like, remember Brandon Wright was supposed to be a really nice pickup for the Rockets. And for some reason, like, the signing, I'm not sure if the signing ever materialized. And he had this weird injury. And it was just kind of a situation where the Rockets had come up to an agreement with him. But never really signed him or something like that, right? And it was, like, the... The Rockets midseason, like their mid, their signings were being really, really praised because they didn't give up any assets, and it may have been one of those things where they just picked up guys that were weren't able to contribute to NBA teams anymore, and that's unfortunate. And that still could happen this midseason, right? Like that, and if that happens, that will color the way I think of this offseason. Like if they sign a washed up wing like yeah i was wrong about how i graded this offseason but i think they'll find somebody and that's what's that's a lot of what's informing how i'm grading it, them i i really do think they're gonna find somebody what do you think about this Bazemore stuff i think well sam amy came out a couple of days ago yeah and that's, and that's what that i this mean was a thing yeah yeah so it's i'm not sure if it's a thing and I feel like it's something that Rockets fans have talked into into the ether and hoped that it's it's a possibility, right? Like it's if in theory it seems like a really really good deal for both sides, uh, you know, Ryan Anderson in a first for Bazemore, really clean trade. You can understand why both sides would do it. In reality, NBA trades don't work like that. Like there are some intangible stuff that the Atlanta Hawks really like about Bazemore, and I know this because I've talked to a lot of bloggers in Atlanta, and I've you know asked about Bazemore, and the team really likes Bazemore. Like they do, they like they they like Bazemore more than the outside world would determine. Like his contract isn't great, but the team likes him, and they're in a rebuild situation, and they like having vets around them like that. So that's what I've heard from Atlanta Hawks bloggers um, that they've heard from the team, and. You know, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, I think it's. I, I'm not sure if it's a thing. I I just I just I have a hard time believing that it, <laughs> that this this trade that we've talked about for God knows two months. Like I'm I'm not sure if it's actually materialized into anything. You know, substantial. 
Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's not going to, and it seems like it's mostly just because the price is too high, right? Like, they want Melton as well as that first-round pick to go along with Ryan Anderson or something to that effect, uh, which yeah. is a bit steve price. I would have expected, yeah. like, a, the 2019 first, maybe a second-rounder, and then probably, like, a, f- a few dollars to try to offset the difference in cost between the salaries of the two players, because Ryan Anderson makes about, like, what, like 1.5 or $2 million more per year. So, yeah, I would expect something like that, but, like, Melton is a big asset to give up. He's he's a big deal. He's, a lar- he's been a large part of the summer for them. So, yeah, I guess it is really, like... I really like Bazemore. I mean, I think everyone's expectation with the Hawks is that they're going into a hard rebuild and they might as well just maximize the assets they pick up. Uh, and that would follow that. I mean, like, what do, what do they care if, you know, what should they care if they win games this coming season? What should they care if it's Ryan Anderson so that Kent Bazemore being that, like, kind of veteran presence, I guess, which it's weird to think of Bazemore being a veteran because he hasn't been in the league for all that long, but he's like 29. Um, but apparently, you know, they they prefer his, they like his intangibles, they like the guy, they want him around, and so they're willing to value that highly, which, you know, that's their business, but it did kind of throw a monkey wrench in the imagined plans of uh, of, of Rockets fans everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it felt, again, like, it it made, it makes a lot of sense on paper, I'm not sure if it's that easy, and um, on the other hand, I do think there's some, there's some smoke to the James Johnson stuff, like, it seems like if I if you heard the last uh, low post, it seems like the Miami Heat are really you know making some phone calls around the league. Like Zach Lowe they better alluded be. to this. Yeah, yeah like it, it looks like they really want to clean up their cap sheet or something. Like like they might be up to some stuff, and so I can see a James Johnson move or a Tyler Johnson move, um, you know, as more of a possibility than Bazemore and. Um, I don't know. I, I ultimately don't think they're going to make a move yet. Like, I, I think it's possible they make a move for one of these players, but it doesn't happen until, like, February, right? Like, I, I, it's all these names that we're mentioning. Like, it's not like it's not a done deal that they won't acquire them. It's just a matter of if, if and when, right? And, like, that's, that's kind of where I am with um, the Rockets acquiring another wing. It's possible that they do. I just think going into the season, they have guys to fill those minutes and i don't think they particularly care too much about being a complete roster on july 1st uh, not july 1st i'm sorry <laughs> on um on the first day of training camp i don't think they particularly care about this and i and i've, I've found video clips of daryl Morey talking about this like daryl does not care about how the roster looks coming going into training camp like he just cares about how it go looks going into the playoffs and i think that's how the rockets are looking at this like i think I think they see this as incomplete as well. Um, and, you know, this is kind of the way the Rockets finished their offseason last year. I mean, if you remember, the Rockets really, really needed another guard going into the, going into the season last year. And they just never ended up trading for one. I, you remember there was a lot of fantasy trade talk going into last going into last season about acquiring another guard. Remember? Like, there was yep. a lot of talk about... about you know, okay, can this be the fourth guard? Can this be the fourth guard? And I feel like that's what's happening right now. Daryl just doesn't seem to want to finish it all at once. He, like it's not, a, it's not of interest to him. Like he wants to maximize the assets as best as possible before the playoffs. And I think that's what's going on. Like they might find someone 
um, on the buyout market that that will fill those minutes as good as James Johnson or whatever. Like I think that's probably what's going to happen. I think I think they're probably going to hold on um, as as long as they can until they find the best possible deal or the best possible buyout candidate. Uh, yeah, I guess that's the case. I I I would prefer it not to be the case because once again, I think that I think that helps to have guys in the system longer. I think working there is value to yeah, that. and i and yeah. i think this is this is different from getting a fourth guard by a bit because this is presumably somebody who might even be a starter depending on what they're going to do with mellow right they they need a they need a trevor reza quality player which trevor reza is not as good as people thought he was this last season uh, i think getting a trevor reza quality player is not in like an undue challenge but it is not nothing, and the, it it is that's a bigger rotation piece than you know the guy who can run garbage time or play whenever other guys are hurt. So I don't know. I think they'll they'll balance it. I I hope that they just go ahead and pick somebody up just because I think it would help the team out a bit and it would make settle everybody down. I think it'd be good for the universe just to make everybody <laughs> chill out for a minute if they like traded for Courtney Lee or something. <laughs> uh- can we talk about the guys they did pick up for a second? Because I wrote a piece on James Ennis, and I want to talk about him for a second. Because I feel like he's been the guy that no one's really talked about. And he might end up being a key cog for the Rockets. Like yeah. He might end up playing 30 minutes per game like going into the season. And, and it's surprising that no one's really talked about him. All the talks have been around Carmel Anthony. And like in reality, like James Ennis is the one that probably should be getting the most attention. Like This guy might end up being the opening day starter. We have no idea. And this and either way, he he's probably going to be the more important player in a Warriors series. And I feel like just no one's talking about him. Like it's it's just it's just the signing that went under the radar. It's just no one knows and anything like, about him. <laughs> you know, nobody watched him play on those on on the Grizzlies or briefly on the Pistons. Right. And like it, to me he was by far the most interesting signing of the summer the the signing i liked the most and you know when i was in vegas out there, there there was a real buzz when the rockets signed james and it's like apparently the rockets brass was like really happy at that signing like i i, I heard they're like like really happy that they got james Ennis because that was you know that was somebody that they really believe in like they've in the media they've even said like they are a fan of the james Ennis signing they believe there's untapped potential there and I and I wrote a column about this like this week, and I was like, I compared this signing to like Joe Ingles in that I don't think he's gonna be as good as Joe Ingles, and by no, by any means, but I just think it's a similar type of signing in that they're asking this person who hasn't played significant starter minutes or significant NBA rotation minutes at all is a pretty good player, but hasn't really proven. He's not really un, he's not really that proven. To step into a bigger role, and it's it's just an interesting gamble because it, it I think the Rockets have a lot riding on this because as of this moment, James Ennis is he's going to be the guy that guides that guards Kevin Durant in a Warrior series. Like as of this moment, he's going to be the guy, right? Yeah. It's going to be some combination of James Ennis and PJ Tucker guarding Kevin Durant in a Warrior series, right? And I think it's I think it's been under talked about. Like this guy is a guy that the Rockets picked up kind of midway through his career and believe they believe internally that there's some untapped potential there. He's been a pretty good defender uh, throughout the course of his career. Like, I think for the Grizzlies, like, he was a 
he was definitely a plus defender. He did a pretty good job on Harden in 2017 when the Rockets played the Grizzlies in the regular season. And like, I think I think they really like him. I, I I mean, by all accounts, they do really like him. And I think this is someone that they believe can give you like Trevor Ariza minutes without the Trevor Ariza price tag. Yeah, uh, I think there's a good chance he'll be that good too. Uh, for what it's worth, his numbers are pretty similar to those of Lucas Chardon-Bamute in an overall sense. Like if his general quality is on the same level with a similar with a, with a vaguely similar profile that he's, you know, he's he's a good defender uh and he has an offensive game and he can shoot some threes, right? Cuz honestly, Luke was better on offense than Trevor was this, was this last season. Uh which I think a lot sure. of people didn't realize that. Honestly, I think that Luke was better than Trevor Ariza last season. I think a lot of people outside. Of, I, I, yeah. I've been I've been all over this dude. Yeah. Like, and I and I feel like we're on we're on an island here. I, I had no idea that you were on the same boat as me. By the way, up until this oh, moment, yeah. Like I've I've been all over this. Like I've been on. I felt like I was on this island alone. I think Luke and Bamute was a bigger loss to the Rockets this offseason than Trevor Ariza. I said that on this podcast. Like I. I think yeah. like again like I I was really disappointed when he signed with the Clippers. Yeah, him getting hurt was a huge blow, and that's really what happens. That like he got hurt. Uh, I yeah. think that if he hadn't have been hurt, there's you know maybe things would have been different. Maybe they would have offered him more. We don't know. We don't know what happened there, but yeah, it was a big sure. deal. He had a better offensive game, and he was honestly more versatile defensively than Ariza was last season as well. And I guess you had to like be a particular Rockets fan and watch a lot of Rockets games to see that. But yeah, Ariza's numbers also were not great. I mean, like after everybody yelled at Matt Moore for a while <laughs> about uh, about his uh, his grading of the Rockets, and then he was like, "Oh, well, it looks like Ariza's numbers weren't great last year, but Luke's were." So, uh, mm-hmm. hopefully, Ennis can fulfill a similar role. He's got a lot of a lot of similar tools. He's a good shooter. Uh, I think he's going to fit right in. Once again, of course, with the, he he's he's not super proven, so it's still a question mark, but. It's a question mark that is not going to go particularly bad, I think, which is sort of the name of the yeah. Rockets offseason in general, that it's not clear how things are going to go, but it's not like we won't expect them, them to go badly, which uh, it's just not clear that they're going to go as well as they need them to. I would say this signing has the most upside or any signing they made this year. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think, I think that the Rockets... I, again, I think they really do believe that he's going to play major minutes for them in the playoffs. And, like, both sides have a lot riding on this. It's not just the Rockets. Like, the Rockets obviously need Ennis a lot, right? He is going to be their best wing defender as of this moment, uh, other than P.J. Tucker. And he's on a not, he's he's on a player option for next year on a minimum contract. And, like, I think he wants to decline that. Like, I, th- I, th- I think he wants to become a free agent again next summer instead of taking a minimum deal next year. And I think he wants to earn big... his For the first time in his career, I think he wants to earn big NBA money. So he has a lot riding on this as well. I think he's pretty motivated to make this work and become a much better player than what he's shown. I, and I think it's possible that he probably is a better player than what he's been given the opportunity to become. He just hasn't had a lot of opportunities. Like, the... The, the stops he's been at, there has been someone in front of him to take up to soak up a lot of minutes from him. Like you, yeah. you, you can trace this with James Ennis. Like he just hasn't had the opportunity. The one time he did was in New Orleans, when the New Orleans Pelicans were like hit with like a rash of injuries, and 
he he stepped up. He shot forty four percent from three, and and he was playing like thirty plus minutes a night, and he was shooting like six threes a game. So it wasn't on a limited sample size. Like the guy was legitimately awesome for a stretch there for the Pelicans, and I think the Rockets saw that, and I think they believe that if given the opportunity, he can produce a lot more than he's shown. I, I think I think this is a gamble, but I think this is a a safe gamble that there's more there. Yeah, I mean, this is, I agree. This is probably their their most enthusing. You know, their their most uh, most. There's the most upside here. Uh, I think they could be that he could be really good, and that is a thing that they're going to look a lot smarter if he turns out to be a very solid signing. Like if he can easily, you know, if he's better than Ariza was last season, which is not really that high of a bar to to clear. If he can help, you know, keep that team defense humming as they need him to. Then it's gonna look great. They're gonna look fantastic, uh, but we'll see how it goes. You know, we we don't know yet. That's the big problem is that we just if they had brought everyone back, if literally the whole the whole offseason had been the draft and then just re-signing all their own free agents and doing nothing else, this the ceiling might be lower, I guess, but the floor would also be higher. It'd be easier to to like to have an expectation of what they're going to do this coming season. I think it's harder. I think their delta is very big right now. Yeah, I I just think it's crazy that no one's talked about him like enough. Like it's just this guy is going to play. Like I, he will as of this moment. He's going to play thirty minutes a night. Like that's going to happen. This guy's going to play a lot of minutes for the Rockets. And literally all the converse all the conversations been about Carmelo Anthony. And Carmel Anthony is going to play a lot of minutes for the Rockets as well, but I mean, for God's sake, is at least mention the guy's name. Like <laughs> James Ennis is 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 definitely an integral part of the Rockets offseason. If they hadn't signed him, I would have given the Rockets to see. Like I, I would have really, you know, docked the Rockets hard if they hadn't signed someone like James Ennis. And I, he's a big part of why I think they've had an okay offseason. I think I think it's not as bad as people are making it out to be. Now, again, a lot. He Ennis has a lot to prove. He hasn't. He's what he's going to be asked to do this year. He's never done it throughout the course of his career for for a twenty to thirty game stretch. He hasn't done done it for that long before. And I think, I think, I think he'll do well. But again, it's it's still t- TBD. And I, I'm just interested to see how he fares in this environment. I think the Rockets are obviously very excited about it. So it, it's inter- It's interesting. It's going to be interesting. You're right. If he works out for the Rockets and he becomes, like, as Zach Lowe said, if he if he becomes 85% of Trevor Reza, the Rockets are going to end up looking really smart for signing him for a two-year minimum deal. Yep. Well, we'll see how the Rockets look. There's a, a lot of speculation about that right now. Yeah, so let's talk about uh, Rockets over-unders. So Westgate came out with the over-unders uh, for the entire NBA, like, I think last yeah, week. Pretty week early before. overall, honestly, too. Yeah, they usually come out in mid-August, and I was surprised they came out like the first week yeah, of I, August. I it guess they just, think everything's kind of done happening. Yeah, and for the most part, I feel like it is right. Like, I, Car- <laughs> Kawhi was the last domino. Yeah, the last major domino, and I feel like it's after that. There's not really much. You know, we'll see. The NBA is crazy. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to say there's not much left, but like, I don't think there's much left. And the Rockets over unders came out, and it's. I, I'm not sure if I should say it was a surprisingly low number, but it, it it's a number that I feel comfortable saying I take the over on 54 and a half wins. That's what Westgate has them 
as of right now. I'm not sure if they've updated it in the past few days. I don't think they have. Um, but yeah, that's that's the number right now for the Rockets. And I wouldn't say it's an easy over because I do think the Rockets overachieved their point differential by a little bit last year. Like they were a 61 win team and they won 65, 65 games. And I think that they're probably going to come down to earth a little bit. I think they might win somewhere in the neighborhood of 57 to 59 games. Like I think that's kind of where it's going to happen. Like If you look at through the course of NBA history, when a team wins 60-plus games for a season, they typically go, you know, the next year, they, there's typically, you know, a coming home period, right? Like they, they typically win less games the next year. So I do think they're going to win less games than they did last year. I don't think they're going to win. I don't think they're going to win less than fifty-five games. Like I have a hard time believing that James Harden and Chris Paul are worth less than um, fifty-five games. I, I think at least James Harden and Chris Paul are worth fifty-six to fifty-seven games. Uh, I'm gonna. I have a weird take on this, I guess. Uh, but that take is that I think that they're probably going to win about sixty games this coming season. Like. 59, like, yeah, about right about 60 is where I, is what I think is most likely. But I also think that this is a stay away and that no one should bet on this because I do not think it is at all clear that it's going to go well. Like, I think that it probably will go well. Uh, I think that it's likely going to be fine and good. But I am not. This I'm not certain at all in this. There are so many questions, not just on that team, but in the league in general. It's a really weird year. I am not comfortable with anything. Uh, I I would not touch it. Uh, I think they'll probably win. Like I said, they're gonna. Win. I think they'll win sixty if things track how it looks like they're gonna track. But it's honestly, don't bet on anybody this season. But very much, don't bet on the Rockets. Sure, we are not encouraging anyone yeah. to bet. Like, um, like. I am simply saying, if I were to go to Vegas, I would feel comfortable putting taking the over here. I, w- I wouldn't say it's an easy over. I wouldn't by any means. I would feel good about taking the over here because I just have a hard time believing. Like James Harden and a bunch of really good fitting role players won fifty five games one year, right? Yeah. Like that's over. That's the over. Yeah, but the and we, I, the West is better though. Uh, you're right. Yeah, you're there, right. There's it's there's it. things. Like I think that's true, but there's also a lot of things to worry about. I mean, just for example, like like thinking of the Warriors have an over under of what like sixty five or something, which is yeah, they, they, which is to me crazy. I would stay away. Yeah, I would stay away from that. That's the line that yeah. I do not feel comfortable at all uh, betting. Have, on. have they has they given anybody any reason to assume they're going to care about anything at all? I mean, other than I think they're going to be healthier this year, I don't think they have, right? Like, I just think it's going to be another year where they sleepwalk to, like, 60-plus games, but they're good enough to, to, to sleepwalk to, like, 66 games. Like, that's kind of the, kind of why I would stay away. Like, they are talented enough to win, like, 65 games, no problem, just walk into the season. And they were on track to do that before Steph got hurt. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of reasons to not be sure about any of this. I mean, it could be that the Rockets are have 54. Have, they could end up with 54 wins and also be the number one seed in the West. There is that potential scenario, which is super weird, but that's how weird the NBA is right now. Yeah, the West is going to beat up on each other like crazy this year. But at the same time, I feel like the eighth seed in the West is going to be like 
47 games. Like it might it might be like last year where like the difference between the third seed and like the eighth seed is like half game, one game. Like it it might be something like that where like it's going to be really really difficult to make the playoffs in the West again and it's going to be where it's going to be a case where all these teams are going to beat the hell out of each other and take wins off each other. And I think the West definitely did improve. Obviously, LeBron James is now in the conference. That's definitely a sign that things are going to get harder for the Rockets to win uh, 65 games. And obviously, they're, they're going to be teams that are going to be dramatically better from last last season because players that either got healthy or they tri- players teams have traded for players. Like, I think the Spurs are going to be better this year because they traded... Kawhi for you know who didn't play at all last year for DeMar DeRozan and I know they traded Danny Green but I don't think that's significant enough to to where I feel like the Spurs are going to win less than yeah. 50 games yeah I uh, well not to get too much into that I think you're right in sure, general that I, like there's going to be a lot of teams who are at a pretty similar level of wins and this is something that everyone needs to remember going into this coming season which is that look if they if 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 a team wins 47 games in the west this upcoming season that's not bad that's actually going to be pretty good uh, cuz that's probably worth like 50 games in the east at least right? yeah cuz when there's yeah. more teams who are good it's harder like those wins even out right if you have the yeah. like they can't all win every single game those teams are going to play each other a lot so if they're all about equal in quality then you're going to have them all having a similar number of wins and that number is going to be below 50 and that's just that's just how it is you know if you if you decide that 50 wins is like like under 50 wins is embarrassing then you're going to have a lot of embarrassing teams who are way better than like non-embarrassing teams in the east perhaps depending on how you know the big three out there go who are on the same division by the way i realized that the other day (laughs) yeah like it's it's crazy like these teams are going to beat the hell out of each other and it's 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 like the end of the season is is right now going to be probably the best part of the season because you're gonna have all these teams jockeying for playoff positioning like it's like last year it felt like there was a critical game on every night like if not two or three and it came down to the very last night of the playoffs so we no not the play, the very last night of the regular season until we finally got a hold on where all the seedings were at like it's it's crazy like like we're probably gonna get a similar year if not a crazier year because. T- Players are going to get healthy. Like Paul Millsap only played like so many games last year, and he's going to he will likely play the whole season this year, and that's a game changer. The Nuggets are going to be a lot better. Like Nikola Jokic is going to take a step up this year. Gary Harris is going to take a step up this year. Jamal Murray, same thing. Like there's going to be a lot of internal improvement for some of these teams, and I feel like you know it's going to be a real slobber knocker, man. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, I have something to say. Uh, the reaction to these over-unders, particularly the Rockets, it's, just a heads up to everybody, like, all this stuff you're saying is fair game. Like, it's fair game because you can't get mad at Rockets fans for reacting the way they do midseason at this point. They have taken a lot of crap this The Rockets have taken a lot of crap this summer, and it's, I, it's just funny watching Rockets Twitter eat this shit up. Like they, they they are absorbing every single bit of what you're saying about them, and they're saving these tweets and they're loading up on ammo. And I'm just saying, you cannot get angry at Rockets fans for being the way they are midseason. Like you can't. If you believe the Rockets are taking a step back this summer, 
own that opinion and take the bullets midseason. You cannot get angry. You cannot get angry if they surpass your expectations and do not take a step back. Like, I, that, that's just that's just my message. Yeah, to there's going to be a lot of crow eating one way or the other during this season regarding the Rockets. Yeah, so I'm just saying, like all, all of it's fair game. Yeah, even Rockets fans, like you got to be willing to take some strays if the Rockets in do, indeed take a straight, a step back. But particularly to everyone who said the Rockets have taken a lot of back, I have taken a step back. I'm sorry. Be prepared to catch some strays and do not backlash at Rockets fans because nobody wants to hear that crap. Like, like I, I'm sorry, you can't say that anymore. You can't own the opinion. Stick by it, and if you're wrong, say you're wrong, or just don't say anything. Take the bullets. Oh, Take it. Someone's gonna be wrong. Someone always is. It's not a big deal. I don't, right. People get so it, weird I, about it that it's a big deal or not. Yeah, and Rockets fans are like this for I a just, reason. You're right. I just don't want the backlash towards Rockets fans because, like, they're taking a lot of crap right now, and I don't want. I I just I don't want to hear it from from every, everybody. If I, I I'm not here for it. Like if 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 you guys are wrong on it, if the Rockets taking a step back, be prepared to take the hits. Like be, like come into midseason with the bulletproof jacket because Rockets fans are gonna come at you from every angle. And I'm just saying you gotta be, be prepared for it. Own that opinion because this fan base in particular is really really good at holding on to what you say. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very vengeful and grudge-filled fan base, and a lot of people really don't like that about Rockets fans, but I don't know what else they would ever be, given like, they had to eat like 20 years of people denigrating them. So, uh, yeah, Rockets fans remember when you say these things, and Rockets fans know how underestimated the Rockets are year after year after year. So, I mean, this maybe this is the year when everyone's underestimation of the Rockets turns out to be true, but... Uh, there's really only the one year where that happened, <laughs> where it actually was uh, was born out. So, yeah. Listen, like it, I, I'm just saying, if you expect the Jazz to be the second best team in the in the West, yeah, like take those bullets on the are. chin. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you, you better you better be willing to take those bullets, man. And I'm just saying, be careful, be careful, or own it. Either way, you cannot take the, I, you cannot be the Rockets fans are so annoying or Rockets fans are being like who who underestimated the Rockets at the beginning of the season nobody like no you you have to own these opinions you have to take it like, and you cannot deny what what what's happening right now that's all I'm saying yeah that's all yeah. I'm saying that's all, that, that, that's my yeah, rant that's just my rant. own it yeah and everyone should just kind of own their sports takes in general if you don't want to own your if you don't want to own your takes don't make that strong of takes yeah, like it's okay. Yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to have a strong take on everything. When you see uh, an over under for a team, you can say, "I don't know. I'm not sure what to do with that one." You can just leave it at that. You don't have to come down and be like, "This team is a real bunch of you know," and and drop some kind of like a like a uh, a talk radio uh, take on what's happening there. No, it's okay. You can just say, "Yeah, I'm not sure how good the Grizzlies are going to be this year." Yeah, listen, if you believe that Trevor Reza is the second coming of Scottie Pippen now, be prepared to take the bullets come midseason. That's all I'm saying. Like, if, if That's all I'm saying. Um, and we'll leave it at that. Let's move on to the schedule release because the NBA did release their schedule this week. And um, it got leaked 
you know, a little bit early, like you know, as it always does, you know, Christmas Day games got leaked first, then MLK, then, you know, all the other marquee matchups got leaked slowly but surely. And we got a pretty good, you know, picture on how the leagues view the, the league views these teams and how the league wants to schedule this. And um, I guess, did, did anything initially stick out to you about the Rocket schedule? Uh, just looking at it at face value. Uh, it's... It's front loaded. Everyone's been saying it, but it's just the case. Uh, this seems to happen a lot. It didn't happen last year. Last season, the Rockets had a very marshmallow schedule. Honestly, this season it's it's a it's fine schedule overall. Uh, but they do have a lot of road games early on. They have their longer road trips early on. Like they have a five game road trip that starts at the start of November, uh, which is pretty pretty quickly in there. They have a lot of playoff teams they got to play, which is not surprising given that they're in the West. But uh, they're they're kind of all packed together, so it's they don't have very many back to backs, which is nice. Uh, they have a lot of nationally televised games, more than I expected. Honestly, I didn't think it was going to be as many as it is. Yeah, I thought the Lakers would take away some of these games from other teams, particularly the Rockets, <laughs> and I was surprised. I mean, they did, but the not Rockets. from Houston. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's surprising that they have as many as they do. That's thirty-eight games are going to be nationally televised yeah, in some form or fashion. But ten are NBA TV for what that's worth. Sure. Yeah, it's they're going to be on TV a lot. So I mean, if you're a Rockets fan who doesn't have League Pass or has League Pass but it's blacked out in your area, you're going to have opportunities to see them uh, outside of outside of your local cable provider. There's going to be opportunities. One thing I, th- I thought that was interesting, um, they aren't playing the Warriors on a marquee date. And what I mean by that, they're not playing them opening night. They're not playing them on Christmas Day. They're not playing them on MLK Day. I think it's interesting that the that their, their games are going to be spread out aside from those days. Like The league is saving those for different for different days in the schedule. Uh, yeah, which is which is interesting. They're really not like focusing on that particular matchup, which is wild because that was that was the matchup of the playoffs and the regular season. Yeah. Like, it was actually a really good regular season matchup. I, I thought. Yeah, but I guess you know the average person is now a little more excited about um a little more excited about watching the old, the the Lakers play against people, which makes sense. <laughs> uh, but the Rockets have a lot of games. But yeah, like you said, they're not they're not all against the teams you think. It's not like the Warriors Rockets showcase, which honestly I probably use closer to what I would have wanted to do with those two teams. Right, have some replays of yeah. the the only good playoff series. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it looks like the, the the league really wants Celtic Sixers to be a thing. Like, good God, these these guys are going to play each other. On all the marquee dates, like the Celtics and Sixers, like they are openly making that the rivalry of the Eastern Conference. I thought that was interesting. Um, by the way, I am glad that the that the league understands that Rockets Thunder is a rivalry because I don't think it's discussed enough how big of a rivalry that is. Yeah. Like, no matter what happens, that is a no brainer. Like it's like the fans really really care about that. Like the more like, than the teams do, not, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, like the the like I think the players actually have a great deal of respect for each other, but the fans absolutely do not like each other. And this is the rivalry that doesn't get talked about enough. And it's and you know it's going to be on national TV like again the second straight year in a row. And the league, I think the league understands. Like I, I mean, it must be getting good numbers. Like it's it's a real rivalry, man. Like the Harden and Russ stuff, like. 
I I guess it just it's just an easy easy ticket to book for ratings, and I think that's interesting. Also, uh, shout outs to the league for putting the Jazz on national TV. Yeah, that's more. a good that's a good uh, and fun team. Yeah, they earned it. They earned it. They, they they have earned being on national TV, especially on Christmas Day. I was really happy for their fan base uh, to get that Blazers Jazz matchup on Christmas Day. That is a real coming of age thing when your when your team finally gets on Christmas Day. Like I remember when the Rockets first started getting on Christmas Day and like that was a real story for Rockets fans love that. Like like they were really happy when, you know, their fun team of Jeremy Lin, Chandler Parsons and James Harden uh, finally got no uh, you know displayed on national TV. So, you know, congrats to Jazz fans. Um I am surprised that the Knicks are going to be on Christmas Day again. Like I I just I don't understand it because Porzingis is not going to be healthy, and I don't understand what the Knicks have to offer other than their market size for a Christmas Day matchup. It's, I don't think they. It's market size. It a lot all. of people like the Knicks. A lot of people know who the Knicks are. That ain't nothing. Sure, but I, I, I there are so <laughs> many teams I would have rather had play in the slot. Like the, they have a good amount of major market teams that are. Worth putting on national TV. I don't know why the Knicks have to be one of them. Like, like the the Lakers, the league's premier team. They're gonna be on national TV, and they legitimately deserve it this year because they have LeBron James. I don't understand why you have to like get greedy and put the Knicks in there, like sneak it in there, like no one's gonna notice. Like, it, it just and I, I I know that the league doesn't cater to, die, to diehards because if they did, they would put like matchups like Blazers Jazz or or Celtics Sixers or you know. Bucks, you know, Bucks, Raptors on national TV, right? Like, like those are the kind of matchups we would get if it catered to diehard. So I understand that they have to throw casual fans a bone every now and then. I just don't understand why it has to be this team because literally they have no star power other than possibly Kevin Knox, possibly Kevin Knox going into Christmas Day games. Like, Chris Dabbs is going to be injured and he might not come back till January. I just, I, I I don't understand the fixation on putting them on national TV. Hey, I mean, we we don't all get what we want, and sometimes we get what a large amount of people who live in New York want. So, <laughs> there you have it. Sure. Anything else stick out you stick out at you from the Rocket schedule, or any anything on the NBA schedule release? Um, not a lot yet. Like I said, I'm I'm gonna be working on doing my schedule analysis, which I do every year. Uh, so. I'm going to have a lot of more in-depth thoughts about it pretty soon. But uh, just at this moment, I haven't, you know, I haven't poured over it enough to, to really have, like, win predictions and stuff. But I will. I will. Uh, it's Oh, I guess the only thing is that they have 12 back-to-backs only, I believe, right? Which is uh, under the yeah. average. It's, it is lower than ever this season. The average is, like, 13 and a half, uh, which is, even just a few years ago, it was, like, 15, 16 back, like back-to-backs per team. So this is definitely a lot better, but uh, yeah, it's it's good. Only twelve this season. That's going to help them out a lot. They have a actually a rest advantage uh, from what I've seen. That they they'll they'll play more teams on a back to back than they will be on a back to back. So yeah, there's that there's reason for hope there, and hopefully they can they can stay rested and healthy because uh, those things compound themselves. Getting rest makes you able to get more rest because you play better. Yeah, I feel like they have a really balanced schedule this year. Yep. Like, it's, like I, I have no issues with the schedule at all. Other than perhaps I would have liked to see the Rockets play, play the Warriors on on Christmas Day 
or opening night. Just one of those two dates would have been nice to get a Rockets-Warriors matchup, but we're going to get plenty of them being the yeah, brains out of each there's other. There's four of them. Like yeah, there's four of them as opposed to three of them last year. Um, it's going to be fun. Like Those are going to be the games I look for- forward to the most, and fortunately they're not going to be on the league's premier dates. One note, I want to campaign the league to make the day a- after the All-Star break Make that a thing. Make that make that a premier date for you guys. Because I feel like there's a craving for basketball right after there's no basketball for a week. Make that a, make that another day for you guys. Like I, like I don't know. Like make that a premier day. Like the comeback from All Star break or something. Like because I feel like during that week, like like NBA fans are bored out of their minds because the trade deadline is no longer on that weeks anymore. Which I I, I didn't like how it got moved backwards, but. If that week is going to be empty, make that return date really, really, you know, packed. That's that's my campaign to the league. If anybody in the league office is listening, which I doubt, but if 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 anyone of importance is listening, Adam, please campaign. Adam Silver, I know you're there. Yeah, because th- that that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I really like that date as being a premier NBA date. Uh, yeah, that'd be fun. Everyone's ready for it to come back at that time. Uh, yeah. So this should—it's—it's—it's it's, it's the doldrums right now. Uh, there's, there will be plenty of time to talk about all these things, and we will. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've we've entered the dead zone. Uh, just a just yeah. another six weeks until preseason begins, basically. For sure, for sure. And as far as uh, this podcast in particular, we're gonna try to have guests on, nat- you know, national guests onto this podcast. See, take their thoughts on the Rockets. Um, perhaps some surprise appearances. Perhaps we'll have a preseason podcast. Perhaps we'll have you know a, an overall preview podcast for the season. We're, we are going to have a preview podcast for the season. We do that every year. So yeah, um, not not promising that's going to be as regular as we've been so far, but we'll try. We'll try. We'll we'll see what we can do. We are in the doldrums, as Forrest said, but you know it, it'll be interesting to see what other people think of this team and. Um, it will be nice to get an outside perspective on this team. So, yeah, guys, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Give us a good rating on iTunes if you enjoyed the show. We went an hour long for you in the middle of August. I am 99% sure we are the only NBA podcast <laughs> in your feed right now. Like, we may be the only and we may be the only people talking rockets right now at this point in the calendar. So, please appreciate that and give us a give us five stars on iTunes. It really helps you find the show. And yeah, guys, good night.